wonderful to be with you again. If you have not met me, uh, my name is Jack. I am normally part of our 927 morning, so wonderful to be gathered with you as we come to the words and continue our series looking through the wonderful and sometimes strange and unsettling thoughts of our Now, to begin with, I want to point out something that I'm sure we're all aware of, which is that no one likes to be taken for granted. You know how it is, there's usually someone, usually our nearest and dearest, traveling us, who's always there helping us, doing something to our best interest, full of kindness, full of love, day after day, and how easy it is for us to presume upon the person we care for most, and assume that they'll always be there to keep doing what they do, doesn't matter how I treat them, doesn't matter whether I say thank you or not. Do that because that's what they always do. How easy it is for us to presume upon goodness of another. In my household at the moment, uh, I and my children are working out showing the gratitude my wife Katie deserves for putting the food on the table day after day, which normally ends up off the table on the floor. Katie's just assuming that keeps showing up somehow at 5 30 every day, there's a breeze. Of course, it's a hard job to take for anything. No one likes to be felt like they are being used. It's never worth saying it's easy to feel the wrong. That's the case with other humans. How much more serious would it be like the Lord God to presume upon His goodness and grace? And yet that is something all of us are also in danger of doing. Desperately need to hear what we are about to look at this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 4. It's a passage of warning about taking it to God. It would be great to have this chapter open in front of you so you can follow along. Really, this is a straightforward thought. We're going to look at what happens in the story and see what it means for us. So, what happens in the story that's before us? We have been working our way through the book of 1 Samuel for a few weeks now. We saw how near the beginning in beautiful prayer of Hannah. Uh, there is no one like the Lord. He is the God who brings the crowd low and lifts up the hungry. We see how God exalted Hannah and brought about the birth of young Samuel. And how the Lord has raised up Samuel the prophet. Samuel, Samuel, speak Lord of your servant and listen. Along the way we've also met the priest Eli, who waited young seen God's warning his whole family to draw it low and how they failed to find it. Today all this is going to come together as we see how God brings this warning to effect with devastating consequences. The story that unfolds, we really have three parts. There's a problem, plan, and the answer. The first, the problem. One time before the year, this is God's Israelites are uh, looking to the west, fighting their own enemies, the Philistines, living along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. There's very little by way of detailed battle report here. There's no live action scenes, there's no detailed accounts of heroic war tragedies. All we hear is that it's a Israel was defeated by the Philistines, and about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. Crushing blow. 
tragedy, no doubt. 4,000 lives lost. Is it a bit raises questions? It's not this time. Back to us, a little bit wrong, but theological questions. Verse 3, the elders particularly ask, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today? Years later, the wise enough to know that it is, it is, it is the Lord who is in control here. They know that he has promised to fight for his people in the past. They recognize God's Imagine the husband who goes to his angry wife holding the wedding ring. 
it up front of me. Oh wow, he's still in the midst of his bag. No intention of breaking it up. See what lightly they drink? The same way he's down the leader of Israel after the Lord to deliver them. Just another priest wants nothing to do with the Lord. This plan gonna work. Bringing the ark is enough to save them. The Philistines themselves seem to think it will. When they hear that the Israelites now have the ark of God with them, they are terrified. They've heard of Israel's God. Or rather, God, which they haven't. It's a bit of a garbled word. But even based on the things they've heard, they are totally different. Friend and scholar alike think that this ark is going to keep the balance. The plan is a bit of a short. And of course, that passage moves on. See the outcome. As we see so often in the book of Samuel, how, how God here is the God of reversal, God who tips the balance. And the rest of this chapter spells about this unmitigated cascade of disaster. Verse 10, the battle is joined. Yet again, the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. First word of disaster, this, this terrible loss of life. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 good soldiers. Far worse than the first battle before they even fought the British Empire. Far from delivering Israel from the Philistines, instead, once again, they've been delivered up to the Philistines. Second disaster, verse 11, the ark of God was captured. So much of the plan, this, this precious sign of God's presence, which they thought would move the Lord to act, instead, God resolutely chose the human life. What happens to them with the subject in the next few chapters of this book? So stay tuned for each other. But before that, the story here is concerned to show us what comes from God's word and judgment that comes out. The third disaster of the end. Eli's two sons, Hophni and die. Just as God had promised, but the way with sons die on the same day. God's sign to Eli, the judgment is coming to Israel. And the way that disaster just keeps spreading out in Eli's family is like ripples across the pond. Eli himself is back home in China, sitting by the, by the road, anxiously waiting for words from battle. The messenger runs and tells Eli, never say anything, never say anything, the man who brought the people died. Israel fled before the Philistines, the army was suffered heavy losses. The devastating amount of these disasters is too much for Eli to bear. Disaster number four, his downfall too, verse 18. When he, messenger, mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell back to the chair by the side of the gate, and that was broken by Final tragedy, disaster number five, falls on the wife of one of Eli's sons. Phineas' wife is pregnant. The shock and grief of this terrible chain of events sends her into labor. Later, she sadly does not survive. But her baby boy does survive. With her last words, the name. And as so often in the Old Testament, names are significant. That is certainly the case here where this boy's name caps off the story. Point in summary of what the whole story stated, story stated, 
Jesus Christ's name for some unlike factor. God's glory is gone. He says the glory has departed from Israel. was the place where God dwelt and lived with people. The Lord is often described in this year, but by the throne of the king of Jericho, seated between the two golden angels and stars on top of the ark. But the Lord has allowed his, his throne, his footstool, to be carried off by foreigners. Look at the Israelites, oh God, have done nothing but ignore the glory of the Lord. Where is the glory? Seems the glory of God. we find ourselves at the end of this tragic story, this series of unfortunate events, we ask, what's the point? God has caused this to be written down for our instruction. What is the lesson here? Could it be that the problem was, was trusting the boss instead of trusting God? This is a lesson about where to put your trust, not in the physical thing you can see, but in God who stands behind it. It's certainly an important point. Probably not the one that's most severe. In chapter to follow, we will see that the ark really does function as this symbol of God's presence. It is the, the place on earth where you can manifest his power. But the lesson is not. In short, the problem here is the Israelites can do all sorts of things about it. Take for granted that God will be on their side. Presume that they can see and didn't have the And most significantly, the Israelites do all of that without giving any consideration to how they stand before their God. The elders bring up the ark and tell them to say that even while these wicked priests often stand right by it, keeping their position, trampling all over God's holy command. They presume that they can claim the promises for protection of God while paying no regard to what these men can do. They ask God to be their saviour. The outcome of the story is to show us how God responds to that kind of treatment. His hand cannot be forced. He will not be manipulated. Those who will presume upon his grace and benevolence all the while raising their fists at him to find themselves passing in the hour of need. Where is the glory gone? That kind of presumption is there. It's a sober warning. Warning for us. In all sorts of ways in our world today, people will presume upon God and take it for granted. Some might take it for granted that God is there to be called on, almost like the genie in the bottle, to be summoned whenever we have a, a wish that needs to be done. There are many who never give a thought to God in the normal course of events, except when we resort to all other options. But that's what we cry out. Please turn my failing business around. Please help me pass the exam I haven't studied for. Let the offer on, our, on this house be accepted. Please let my sporting team do the math. Whatever it might be, God is the Last reward wheeled out in the hour of our need. Like the ark trotted out. Perhaps even more boldly, we might be brave enough to assume that we have something to offer God that we desperately need, that we can bargain with. God, if you 
just take away this illness. I promise I will. That is how we treat the one who is God. God cannot be manipulated. He is not in our every best form. He is not a God. And all the more so that he do so without even taking heed of what this God asks of us. We fail to see how he's broken his law, how he missed the mark and fall short of his glory. We who call ourselves Christians one of the great dangers that we might presume upon God's grace. We might take for granted that He is merciful, forgiving. We might give Him every we work our way through the living and being We take for granted that Jesus has died for our sins. We take that as a license to see the Sure, I know God has wanted our lives or but God loves me anyway, so sure he'll let this one go. Sure God wants me to love that person I find really frustrating, but if I don't, so why? God is patient and kind. He always takes me to take back. We do seek to please the Lord and love and honor and say it's true. People say, well, could we not forgive upon God's grace because God is gracious? Could we not? That's who he said he is. And the Bible says, yes, absolutely. And praise God that he welcomes to the moment. Yes, he did. Praise God that he did die for us. He stands there with open arms, ready to receive his back. Because if he didn't, none of us would have any hope. It's worthy to us to be abused in that way. That we have no intention to use the God who to claim God's acceptance without turning away from sin and embracing God's command. The New Testament too is so a warning for us. You learn it to the Hebrews chapter 10 in here. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. It's a terrible thing. God wants not just to save you, but to change you, to transform you, to demand that you be the bastard of actually the best news for us. On the one hand, if we live like the world around us, we want to take hold of God's grace and give us the easy, get out of hell for each other. But really, the angels are living in sin, so that's what wants. That's all right, we set ourselves short. Because God wants far more than that for us. The man before us, too, 
Father, we do so often hear that wonderful news. We're allowed to 